The season is over for 10 teams. We'll recap their seasons. We've got round 13 action, finals, previews, and more coming up. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Welcome to the Super League podcast. I am your host, Dale Taylor, and tonight I am joined by a finals superstar, Lucas Plaza. How are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Your team is cemented into the the playoffs. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, good, mate. We um we've had a great season. I feel like it's uh, translated well to the ladder position. Um, and yeah, now we've got a. It doesn't. We've got a big job on uh, Monday night. It doesn't really matter if I reckon if you finish first or fourth, you you got a tough uh, tough round up, tough matchup in the in the finals. So we're looking forward to that, mate. Uh, yeah, congratulations on that. We've got a we've got a big podcast tonight um, covering covering the the teams that um, that didn't make the playoffs, the uh, shit dogs, as, <laughs> as well as uh, as well as all the teams that did, but. Um, we uh, we should probably just jump straight into it tonight. I think this uh, this episode brought to you by Link Scott from Coronas Real Estate, One Coronas Many Solutions. Uh, Lucas, let's talk some Monday night basketball. I'll, uh, uh, I'm going to cut you off, DT. I want to quickly shout out our man Link Scott. He he popped the question overseas. Oh, he did too. He did. Yeah. He did. Uh, so congrats to uh, to Link and uh, his soon to be lovely wife. I don't know her name, but good on you. Yeah, he obviously makes too much money. I think he's done it in like Paris or some shit like that. So making us all look bad. Lincoln Scott changing lives for the better. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, congrats, massive congrats. That's uh, it's massive news, um, and uh, and obviously a a really significant thing in his life going on right now. So yeah, big shout out to Link Scott. Indeedy, mate. Let's get into Monday. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Distracted. <laughs> all right. Monday. Monday. I digress. <laughs> uh, first game of the night. It was the Lakeside Vikings taking down the Berwick Sharks, fifty-two to forty-three, in what was to me a bit of a surprise upset. Mate, I think it was a surprise upset to the league, and it's sort of, uh, you know, as we get into the Monday night comp, into the next few games, we're going to see a bit of a pattern here of upsets. So, uh, yeah, the Sharks going down by uh, nine points to the Vikings. The Vikings only had five as well. Uh, compared to the Sharks having a full list. I'm um, just loading my scores now. Sorry, it's taking its sweet-ass time. Uh, for the probably help you out here. The um, the Lakeside Vikings, Mike Godfrey had a 20-piece. He had 20 points. He had three rebounds. He had three steals as well. Uh, and he shot the ball at, uh, at 30%. And uh, he also had – actually, no, he didn't have that many assists. Beg your pardon. Um, he, he did have six of from uh, uh, six freebies from the stripe, made at one hundred percent too. Yeah, you see, he, he should be playing for the Boomers right now, from all reports. <laughs> ah, yes, we were chatting about that off air. <laughs> uh, we also had Mark Surtees. Uh, he was he was flirting with a double double, ten points, seven boards. KD with a triple. Uh, we had Jamie McNeil with eight points, twelve boards, four assists. 
and we had Craig Walker with a solid game. He had 11 points, eight rebounds, five steals, and five assists. He's uh, he's come good the last couple that's, of weeks, Craig. That's a sneaky, very, very good game for Craig. That's a very, very good game. Shot the ball pretty well, 38.5% to uh, 45% uh, from inside the arc. He had a couple of three-point attempts, didn't drop. Uh, so Craig's had a couple of big weeks to finish the season. Uh, good to see him up there. For the Sharks, mate, um, it's a pretty, it's a bit of a sad sheet, man. They've got uh, Big Benny Rhodes. He had seven and six, uh, two steals as well. Uh, B. Rag Klusky had a couple of rebounds. Uh, Bryce Joyner had four and six. Cooper Rice had seven and eleven. Uh, one of my favourite uh, petrol stations. That one. Uh, Jaden O'Neill had had seven points, uh, no rebounds, but he did have a steal. Uh, the GM Lee Belton, fresh off his thirty-eight point forty-nine look game. Uh, couldn't back it up. He had 11 points, five rebounds, had a couple of steals. Uh, and Liam Blacker had seven points. He had seven rebounds uh, and a couple of steals as well. So, you know, not a bad spread. Sort of everyone got involved there, but uh, just not quite enough to get over the, the Vikings, who I think, you know, this is this is their best game of the season by far. I think so. And, and probably more so along the lines of what we're expecting uh, at the start of the season. You know, they've got a, a really versatile defensive lineup. Um, combined with guys who can who can flat out score, so uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a good achievement for the for the Vikings to finish on a high against the the top team or one of the top teams in the Berwick Sharks. Um, I was a little surprised to see Lee Belton with only twelve attempts. Um, he would have to play another four times or three times after this to match his total shot attempts from the previous week. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A bit of a um... No, it's not a difference. It's a contrast is what I'm looking for. A bit of a contrast there. It uh, is. Sort of, and yeah, he wouldn't just sort of force a few more looks up. But, um, you know, the, the spread amongst the team was very even. You had you had four guys getting well into double figures uh, in looks. Um, and it was probably more a, a well-rounded effort for the Sharks. Yeah, I think so. I think they've, they've in all honesty, they've probably shot the ball uh, pretty poorly. You know, 31% is not horrible, but I look at, Big Benny Rhodes had three from 10. He's usually a 50 to 60% shooter easily. Um, you know, Coop Rice, three from 13. He's usually doing his work in the paint as well. So you'd expect him sort of to be doubling that percentage. Um, Jaden O'Neill and Lee, you know, they, they both like to do their work sort of uh, from the three-point line. So you expect their numbers to be a little bit further down. But yeah, I can see two or three guys there that would usually shoot the ball at a much higher clip. Uh, I like Lee Blacker shooting the ball at 50%. He only had the six looks. Um, you know, he sort of he's done the same thing. He's not he's always he's done pretty much all season. That sort of stuff the sheet on the defensive end with a couple of steals and uh, and rebounds. But yeah, I don't think there'd be alarm bells for the Sharks. They obviously drop a position on the ladder after this one. Um, just sort of changes their opponent up. They've been a good team all season. I'm sure they'll bounce back. Maybe it was tactical for Lee to not attempt so many shots in this game. Who it, knows? Who mate, knows? It's probably not the stupidest thing to say. Like he, you know, he probably wants to get the ball in. Uh, in Coop's hands, in, in Rody's hands. Um, he missed Coop the week before when he had that, that sort of 50-look uh, game, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, don't, it's, I think you're taking the piss a little bit, like you're yeah, having a bit of a joke, but it's probably not entirely incorrect. Yeah, most most of the time, uh, the most insightful things I say are piss takes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Same as is. 
Um, for thing. the for the Vikings, this is this is the end for them. They uh, they did not make the playoffs this season. Tell me a little bit about what you think um, their season uh, was like. Where did they go right? Where did they go wrong? Um, yeah, I've I've got my own thoughts, but I'm interested to hear yours. Um, I just they're an interesting team because they were really hard to play against. Um, and in our league, being as even as it is, you know, you don't need to, you, all you need to do is have a couple of games not go your way with a bit of luck, and you've dropped two or three positions on the ladder. Um, and I think these guys were just one of those. They had a couple of games early that were sort of decided by, you know, five to 10 points that could have gone either way, um, didn't fall for them. Uh, and it sort of meant they were playing catch up all for the rest of the season. So I remember we played them, uh, and it was like a 32 bet 28 game, like it was just a dog fight. Um, I like the team that, that Mikey put together on paper. Uh, Jamie McNeil's a, you know, he's a he's a, a top sort of ten pick in the league. No dramas. Uh, Mike himself as a, a second round GM, you know, he can put up numbers like he did in this game. Um, Marky Surtees is a very efficient big man. He can shoot the three ball as well. So uh, and Craig Walker obviously been a, a defensive dog. So he drafted a good team. I think they just uh, they they just fell behind the eight ball from the start. And sort of after four or five weeks, it was it was always pushing it uphill. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely on the the wrong end of a couple of close ones. This was one team that I thought was going to be one of the best defensive teams in the comp, uh, and they they weren't bad. They weren't probably as as effective as what I thought they were going to be. But um, I think their their troubles were probably on the offensive end. Um, just when someone really needed to go get a bucket, it was kind of hard for them to put the hand put the ball in someone's hands and go, hey. Just, just go get us one. Um, but they've got, you know, numerous guys that can sort of stand up and get one uh, on their night. Jared Marshall's one that I mentioned too. He did probably bulk of their scoring. He did. For the majority did. of the season. Was, I think he was uh, borderline top 10 in the league in scoring this season. So, yeah. So, shout out. Shout out. No, definitely. And he was good value too because I reckon he was probably fourth or fifth round for Mikey. So, I think keep going. Um, I think he's been in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they finished three, I think, three losses. Uh, sorry, three wins short of being in the top four. Um, so they were, they were a fair way off, I guess. But uh, but yeah, just like I said, pushed it uphill from the end, from the start. Sort of lost their first two or three, and then just couldn't really recover. So uh, I reckon if they were to draft that team again um, in a in a different season, it, it goes a lot better. Yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent right. Sometimes all you need is uh, is just a few more games. Uh, all right, Indeed, the, yeah. uh, the the next game of the night it was the Baronia Bloodhounds going down to the Kui Rup Koalas. In my opinion, a little bit of an upset, forty-one to thirty-eight. Plosy, mate, I told you there's, gonna, there's a bit of a trend here. Uh, only one of the top four got a win on the Monday night uh, this week going on, so it really shuffled the the uh, the standings up. I think the top four was pretty much locked in before. The round started, but I think everyone sort of changed positions. So uh, the Hounds had a bit of a different look. Obviously, Cooper Lanting jetted off to the States um, uh, this week. So he, this was the first game without him. And they had Dill Jenkinson filling the boots and did a fantastic job. Um, for the Bloodhounds, uh, it was Dill Jenk doing majority of the damage. He had 19 points, 16 rebounds, uh, eight offensive boards there too, a couple of blocks, a steal. Uh, I haven't got his assist numbers here, but seven. I reckon there would have seven assists. So uh, he hasn't played at all this season uh, for Super League, Dill Jenk, but it's like he never left. He, he slotted straight back in. 
Um, where I reckon this game was actually won, though, and I, I do know he was a little bit crook, so he didn't play uh, as many minutes or he wasn't as, as damaging as he usually is. Uh, Jack O'Gray kept to probably his lowest number this season. He had five points and six rebounds, did it all in 20 minutes. Uh, but he also shot the ball uh, pretty poorly, so two from 14. Uh, Jared Kells had six. You take that from Jack O'Gray any day when you're playing against him, man. If you get uh, him under double figures, I think you've had a big win. Like he's a he's yeah. a very damaging big man, and uh, yeah, I think that that was the difference in this game. Uh, Jared Kells had six points. He had eighteen rebounds as well. A really good night on the glass for Jared. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, uh, Lockie McGrath three points, five rebounds. Uh, Rowan Sword three points, uh, three rebounds, and Blake Schreiber had two points, five rebounds. I don't have his assist numbers here, but I'm assuming he had a few of those as well. Five. He had five. He had five. So actually, Blakey's had, I reckon, more than five assists the last three or four weeks. He's done a really good job lately. He's been a um, very, very good point guard for the Bloodhounds. For sure. It's actually, I'm going to be interested, to, interested. pardon me, to see how he sort of, him and Dil Jank sort of fit in. Obviously, Coop being probably more of a, I guess you'd say a two or three type guard. Um, not so much a point guard, whereas obviously Dil's a, uh, run the play type of guy. He's gonna, he's gonna want you're gonna want the ball in Dill's hands pretty much at the start of every play. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how that sort of that works out there. I think I reckon Blake he's gonna do a damn good job sort of backing up Dill Jank. Um, yeah. For the koalas, uh, a good win for them. That sort of caps off a bit of hard work for the season. They um, same as uh, a few of the other teams. They they just lost their first three or four and and couldn't really gather, I guess, and and, and get back into the fight of it. They lost a couple of big. Uh, Big games too by by big margins. So, um, yeah, good for them to get a win and get a bit of a bit of positivity from the season. Robbie Middleton was uh, was a man on a mission. He had seventeen points. He hit five from nine triples uh, in a Player of the Week nomination performance. He had four rebounds as well. Uh, Sean Johnson's Love. had a pretty good first season uh, in Super League. He had six and fourteen. Uh, Spares nine and four. Did a bit of an ankle injury there towards the end as well. So you know, hopefully Spares has pulled up all right. Uh, Mitchie Gray had three and four. Uh, Jake Birdman Connor had four and six. Dill Gray uh, had, a, had a few rebounds. He didn't hit any buckets. Didn't put up a shot attempt, actually, either. Uh, and Brady Healy had two and three. Uh, Brady and Dill, 17 minutes each. So Mitch will get two floggings with a sock full of batteries <laughs> after this season. Oh, God. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, good, a good win. Away from this game with your head held high, like, I feel like outside of Robbie Middleton's uh, massive performance, uh, you can't look at anyone and, and sort of go, oh, geez, he had a big night. Um, so they really sort of grinded out that win against the Bloodhounds, and it's it's full credit to the whole team. It's actually it's interesting. I reckon if you told me the Birdman was under five points, Spez under 10 points, Mitchie Gray under five points, uh, and you'd somehow come away with the win, I reckon that's, you've done a damn good job. Yeah. I'd probably think if you've... Yeah, if you've kept the if you kept those three players and the koalas under those sort of numbers, then I'd say the koalas are probably getting thumped. But uh, Robbie was fantastic. He had a, a really big uh, shooting night, man, and and hit them late as well when the game was sort of up to up to be taken by the scruff of the neck in the late of the third and the and the fourth quarters. You know that's when he did his damage. So um, he's been pretty he's good. The, the best the best shooters that's played in the league. So you know it's about time. Um, he had himself a big night like this, and, and it's sort of what we uh, we know and expect from from Robbie. So uh, yeah, big shout out, and we're we're loving to see the form. It's good. All from ten looks too, six from ten. So that's hot. Made the most of it. Um, 
yeah, again, for the Bloodhounds, this was their first game without, um, obviously, without Coop and, and bringing Dill Jenkins. So a bit of a shake-up. I guess you can always expect, a, you know, I guess a few teething issues there maybe. Um, obviously, Dill and, and Jack have played a lot together. So I, I'd, I'd imagine they'll fix that up pretty quick. Uh, so hopefully, whatever sickness Jacko had, he takes into this week when I have to play him in the final and he doesn't light me <laughs> up for 30. So, no, uh, sort of touched no, on this a little bit. Sorry, no, you're up. Right, go on. We sort of touched on this a little bit, but it is the end of the, the road for the koalas. Um, their, their season recap, we, we sort of spoke about them dropping a few games early. Um, I think Spezza really came into to form towards the end of the season. Um, he was looking really hot towards um, towards the back end of the season, and I think the inclusion of Birdman really helped those guys out as well. No, I think you're right, mate. Um, I like the team on paper. Um, it didn't. It just didn't look like it quite meshed. I don't know if it was uh, you could put it really. I'll put it all down to Spurs having a bit of a slow start, but they just couldn't seem to get out of the blocks in in a few games early, and, and sort of got blown out, and games were over pretty quick. So. Um, yeah, Mitchie sort of said at the start of the season he wanted to draft a few mates and have a good time. So uh, uh, hopefully he achieved that and had a good time doing it. I know Birdman himself had a very good season. Uh, the games we played them, he lit us up from the mid-range. He had a couple of 20-point games. Spez hit form late. Robbie Middleton hit form late. Sean Johnson actually started quite well, if I remember rightly. Yeah. I reckon he had a really big double-double early days. So yeah. um, the team had showed some flashes of what they were probably capable of, but... Um, yeah, they finished well behind. I think either second bottom or bottom, and you know, is what it is. They'll uh, they'll all come back next season, and hopefully get drafted to a to another team and and taste a bit of success. Yeah, and that's that's the way Super League goes, mate. Uh, the next game of the night was the Gembrook Pacers going down by ten to your Packenham Pirates, Lucas Plaza, fifty nine to forty nine. Uh, yeah, good game of ball too. Um, it was pretty tight most of the game. It sort of stretched a little bit in the fourth with the the pace trying to force it and and uh, and you know eat into the margin. Um, the paces had a, a pretty even performance. They got three blokes in double figures, uh, led by Kelvin Austin. He had 18 points. He had 16 rebounds and another monster double double. Uh, found himself on the Warriors sea ball list as well. I reckon so. Good on him. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Marchingo had 15 and 8. He had uh, five offensive boards too. Did a really good job there. Uh, Fabrice Monti, 10 and 8 in a really I've nice performance that. for Fab. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. Four from nine from the field. Uh, Grimo hit a couple of threes as well, which I like to see. He's uh, probably not shot the ball as much as I reckon he should have this season, Grim. So good to see him get a couple. Yeah, he got uh, a big... Good. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, right. Uh, Big Bojack didn't hit the scoreboard. He had five rebounds. uh, And Liam McDonald didn't hit the scoreboard either. He had four rebounds. Uh, For the Pirates, we had... uh, Will Tankhead had 17 points. He had six rebounds. He had a couple of steals and a block. Uh, Six assists, I reckon, as well uh, for Will. Uh, Pistol Pete did the majority of the scoring damage. He had 23 points. Uh, He had three rebounds and a steal. He did most of that in the fourth with... Got a bit of a nickname for Pete. It's uh, it's fourth quarter pistol in the group chat because he seems to do all his damage there when the game's on the line. Uh, I played about 17 minutes, had a bucket and some rebounds. Uh, Jazz Hendricks probably played his best game. He had eight points. He had seven rebounds, three offensive boards. Uh, Davey Huang had three points. He had eight rebounds. Cal Shave, four points, uh, six rebounds. And uh, and Clarkie had a couple of points and four rebounds as well. So majority of our scoring pretty much coming from pistol and will there. 
Um, hopefully we can fix that up and get a bit more of an even spread this week. Tell you what, 23 from Pistols, pretty red hot. Love it. Man's a, uh, man's a killer, mate. He shot well this season. <clears throat> I reckon he'll shoot up. Probably one of his best seasons, I think, with the Pirates. I think so. He's he's always been sort of known around the league as a good shooter. Um, he's sort of displayed his his point guard skills, I reckon, a little bit more this season too. We sort of we've got Will there playing that sort of catch and shoot role. So Pistols had a bit of a license to run the ball up a bit more, hit the lanes, hit the passes. So he's had a really good season, and I reckon he's going to go up the draft board a little bit next season as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Cal Shave in the final this week. I reckon his game's going to go back to what we know it should be. Uh, when the game's a little bit more physical and a little bit more defence orientated, I reckon he's going to shine. Uh, for the Pacers, uh, the season's over for them. Uh, they had a bit of a change-up mid-season. Grimo pulled some trade uh, trade triggers, mate. He obviously moved Coop Lanting on, but he also brought in Calvin Austin in that trade, which I reckon was a big win for him. The contract um, move at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I'd probably I wouldn't have done it personally if I was Grimo. I don't think you you sort of trade someone like Coop. He's a he's a top three uh, pick in our draft. I reckon you know most seasons and definitely this season. I think it um, worked for him. I think it worked for him. I actually think they played better basketball when they did move that on, and whether it was chemistry or, or what, or just a bit of a change up in structure. But um, but now Kelvin Austin had a fantastic season. Jamie Machingo had a fantastic season as well. Dan uh, Bell, even yeah, Dan Bell. He was he's not on this list actually. He didn't play uh, Monday night, but I like Liam McDonald's game. He sort of he's pretty long. Uh, he didn't shoot as much as I, I probably think he should. Um, you've got to get that big man some looks close to the paint, and he's got a pretty lethal midi as well. So, uh, big Bojack. Um, you know he's getting better with every season he plays, and like I said, I reckon Grimo should be shooting the ball more. So, I think he's going into the draft next season, Grimo. So I might try and pick him up as a sniper. And I think he'll probably do pretty well, uh, knowing that you know once he catches, all he's got to do is worry about is, is putting it in. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's uh, he's one of those guys that's what's he, his second season. Yep. Uh, at GMing, and um, a lot of guys get pretty selfless when they GM, especially those first couple of seasons, and not forget about their own game, but obviously try and look after everyone else and uh, and, and make sure those guys are getting their looks and getting their getting their shots up. So it'll be, it'll be good to see Grimo. I reckon it'll be like Lockie McGrath. You know, Lockie McGrath's back in the draft now. Um, he's been he's been getting that sort of five to ten looks a game instead of only taking a couple like he used to. So looking yep. forward to seeing that. What do you reckon on the paces, mate? Yeah, I think um, I think I like the trade that they pulled off. You know, bringing Cal and, and Dan Bell in, and then that that few, uh, further trade with Liam McDonald, um, just to shake things up. And I think it was a it was a well poised move from from Grimo. Took some big cojones to do it, and um, and I think it paid off for him. You know, like their their scoring went from you know one guy scoring twenty five to thirty a night to to having multiple guys in double figures, and I think it worked well for the for the team. No, I think so too. I think they um, they definitely found you know they were a hard team to play late in the season. And we played them twice actually. We played them round one and they, uh, round two, sorry. And they definitely went easier to play then, but um, had a little bit more avenues to the bucket later in the season with uh, with Big Kelvin inside uh, and sort of Jamie running the pill up and, and, and hitting those lanes. So, yeah. All right. Not much, else, not much else to talk about there, mate. Top, Pirates <laughs> finished top of the table. We're the best. Fuck the rest. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to throw that in there at some point. Yeah, we got to, mate. Got to make the most of it while you're at the top. But all it takes is one loss in finals and you got to shut up pretty quick. So, this this is is there we go. Yeah. The Cadinia Crocs, uh, they got their uh, their final 
the season, 67 over one of the better teams in the comp, Ringwood Rangers. 67-65 was the final score. Yeah, I feel in this game, it was um, it was pretty much just the H. Melson show, mate. He played an absolute pisser at uh, 15 from 37 looks. He had 38 points. He had eight rebounds. Uh, he had four steals to go with that as well. Played the full 40. Uh, took the absolute piss. Dill Packer uh, had a pretty good night as well. He had 13 points and a few rebounds. Uh, shot the three ball okay, 37.5%, which I think is a pretty good outing. Uh, Sean Woody Webster hit a three ball off the glass. It was disgusting, but it was the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, he had nine rebounds as well. Zach Jock had a really good game. I actually thought he was probably, uh, aside from H, the, the the next best on the on the Crocs. He had 13 points. He had three rebounds. He had three steals. And he hit the game-winning bucket as well to put him ahead uh, with, uh, I reckon, you know, maybe 10 seconds to go. So uh, Dan Mullet, he had three rebounds. Uh, I would have had a couple of rebounds as well. None of us did any scoring. We were just out there to support and to watch. Uh, and we did exactly that. The Rangers, um, again, another pretty even performance. They only had five on the night, but they've got four of them in double figures. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Josh Bauer was, did probably did the most damage. He had 19.7 rebounds, uh, finished his season really well, shot the ball at 50%. Uh, Kyle Nagel had 17, six, uh, three steals. Uh, I haven't got his assist. Yeah, 10 assists. 10 assists. There you go. Double-double yeah. double for Snagger. Nick Melson's, I've been, I reckon he's been really good for the Rangers. Uh, he had 12 points, eight rebounds. Hit a couple in uh, in Big Brother's face too, which is funny. Uh, and Jack Morris-Burney had 10 and 19 uh, to cap off another uh, big sort of home and away season, another double-double. He's, uh, I reckon this is probably Jack's best season as well, to be fair. I tend to um, agree. He's in, he's in great shape. Um, he's, he's, yeah. He's just like pushing people around inside. He's a hard man to stop. He also had five assists in this game too, so. Yeah, yeah. Him and Kyle tend to feed off each other pretty well. Um, you know, whichever one's got the ball in the paint. And uh, Bailey Griffiths had seven and three as so. well. Um, good for the Crocs to, to pinch one, I guess, late. Um, this game could have gone either way. They were sort of ahead most of the night, but the Rangers come storming back at the end. I reckon they were down seven or eight at the final change. Um, but, yeah, good for the Crocs to, I guess, they've had a pretty tough season with players out, uh, injuries as well. Obviously, GM Dan Stowe uh, has hurt his knee a little bit. He's back in the draft next season, though, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, but, yeah, the Crocs were, were fantastic. They played a really good uh, brand of ball in that last game. Love to see it. What happened with uh, with Syrah in this game? He's clocked up, what, 12 minutes or something? Was he? No, nah, that was, was me. This was Plaus. Yeah, this was me. Uh, Dan Mullet is coming back from a uh, calf injury. So He's I done. did a uh, – They there was a bit of a favour asked there if I could just sub him out when he when he needed to rest the, the leg up because I only had the five and I was happy to do that. Um, yep. Yeah, did like I said, didn't contribute much. Robbed H of a – of a dime, he found me under the bucket for a pretty easy one that I bricked, which is pretty common. <laughs> <laughs> Classic pause. Yeah, he said it on the way there. He's like, geez, you owe me a fucking, you owe me a dime. I was like, mate, <laughs> you're not getting it. <laughs> you're not getting it back. But no, good for the Crocs. I think that they were, yeah, they were, they were a, an unfortunate team this season. Uh, a victim. After- I think they were a victim this season. They, they had a really good list on paper. They had some significant outs throughout the season and, I feel like they were forever teetering amongst that sort of five, six players for the for the majority of their games. Yeah, it couldn't seem to get the the whole sort of seven full roster on the park, uh, which is always a shame when that happens. But um, it's been a couple of seasons now for the Crocs, unfortunately, where they've been sort of down towards the bottom. I think they they had a did they have a winless season a couple of, a season or two ago? 
couple of seasons ago, but they were up and about the the following. So I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, um, it's just a an interesting thing. Like you can be up and about one season, and then you you know you you struggle and win a game the the following. It's just the way Super League goes, and that's probably part of the 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 beauty of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you look at like what Greggy's up to top this season on the Tuesday night comp. I reckon they were bottom of the table last season. So. Yep, that is how it is, and like I think it's uh, it's going to be good to see Stowe going to the draft next season. He's been a long time GM for us. Um, I reckon all bar possibly season one, he's been a GM. So yeah, he's uh, he's earned a little bit of a break, and I'll, I'll be definitely looking at him in the draft next season. Same as like uh, as Grimo, man. When you get him in that corner and just feed him, he'll pour a few uh, pour a few points in. I would love to have a season with Stowe. He's one of my faves. A very nice man as well. But uh, but yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that's um that pretty much uh, wraps up the Monday night comp. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors, and we'll get into our Tuesday night stuff. Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate, changing lives for the better. One Coronas, many solutions. Here to help with all your property needs, whether you're selling, buying, or leasing your home in the southeast suburbs. Lincoln demonstrates exceptional diligence, drive, commitment with 15 years of experience selling local and living local. Thinking of selling? Contact Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate today on 0423 486 285. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. All right, Plozzy, we're back. We're here to talk about Tuesday night's uh, competition. There was a little bit um, less of an upset vibe on the Tuesday night, but there was still some good games here to be played, the first of which was the Druin Dragons getting up by 21 on the Philly Island Penguins, 74 to 53 in a game that we saw a triple double from my man cam scott the man is a baller actually i ran into cam on friday morning i was uh i had a tea time with a couple of my customers at seven o'clock at sandhurst golf club uh and some weird guy with a beanie and was like staring at me as i drove past him on golf cart. i'm like who the fuck was that he's just looking at me anyway i get to the tea and he comes up oh is that you plus and it was cam scott so <laughs> Good to see Cam because I haven't had much to do with him since we won our kittens flag together a few seasons ago. Um, but yeah, he had a triple double, mate. He had 13 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, I haven't got his assist numbers here, but I'm assuming it was more than 10. He had 10 on the nose. Uh, this guy, and he did that on eight looks. Yeah. Four from eight looks. Yeah, yeah. Four free throw. Uh, sorry, four from six from the line. So uh, that got him. That got him there. That's that's pretty good going. That's incredibly efficient. Played just um, 30 minutes as well. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. I guess the bo- the body's always been a le- not an issue for Cam, but I, I think he, he deals with a bit of pain uh, when he's playing. So I'd, I'd love to see him just play out a full 40 minutes and just do it all. 
So I reckon he could put up a monster number. But uh, obviously, he plays a good role for his team here. Uh, Mick Blythe, 20 points, three rebounds. He did it on 50% shooting as well. Uh, Phil Schofield had 19 points and nine rebounds, one shy of a double-double. Uh, Ryland Dunn, eight points, five rebounds. A big Trent Reefford had 14 and six as well. Uh, and uh, Lyndon Dorba had three points and a couple of rebounds. A really even performance from the Dragons. He had a hot triple, actually, Lyndon Dorba. Shout out for that. That was uh, that was mint off the glass. I'm pretty sure it was off the glass, actually. It was it was good anyway. Everyone one, frosted it. One from one from the uh, from the arc there for the big fella. So yeah, it shoot it more often, my man. Michael Blythe actually chipped in six assists as well. So um, you love to see that from him, but. The one that I was really impressed with on that uh, on the night was Phil Schofield. Um, really promising signs for the Dragons with him lighting up going into finals. Um, he's a he's a player that that can do this on any given night. So uh, for him to come out drop sixteen and nine, I think is really promising for the Dragons coming into round one of the playoffs. I like their uh, shooting spread, man. You got uh, Trent Reefford ten looks, Ryland Dunn twelve, Phil Schofield seventeen. Uh, Mick Blythe had 18 looks. Uh, Cam Scott, eight looks. That's a really, really good spread. I feel like they've got a lot of avenues to the bucket. Yeah, nothing beats a good spread. Uh, mm. The, the Philly Island Penguins. Uh, it was Brad Starkey leading the way with 17. He had 12 boards. A really solid game from him. We had Luke Thomas with nine and three. Bit of a bit of a quiet night from uh, from Lukey Thomas. We, we sort of expect a, a big one every time he takes the floor. Michael Snyder's eight and five. Uh, we had Joey Nativo with five and two. Harry Darcy with four and three. Uh, Jack Brisbane Mills with seven points, and Matty Waitley with a uh, with a big triple and a couple of boards as well. Is that what BM stands for, Brisbane Mills? Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Maybe it's not public knowledge, but uh, I've just doxed him on the pod here. His name yeah. is Jack Brisbane Mills. Because I like, I've only ever known him as Jack BM, and I actually wondered it not long ago. I'm like, well, I wonder what the BM stands for. There you go. Maybe that was his his full surname. It's pronounced Boom. <laughs> just, just Boom. <laughs> uh, Matty Whaley had a triple as well. A couple of rebounds. One from one from two from the field. Man's a sniper. Uh, he's got a couple of Facebook photos up now too. The big Morse looked after him, so love seeing that. Uh, what do you make of this Penguins list, mate? Obviously, Starkey did a fair bit of heavy listing this season. Uh, I felt like they got some good value out of Lukey Thomas. Yeah, he was a he was a big in when they when they traded for him. Um, it was a it was such an interesting interesting roster this because it it, it revol it was a revolving door uh, for the majority of the season. Um, and I think had the season been a few more games longer, they they might have found that chemistry to to string a few more wins together, but. I feel like when you change the team up, the the chemistry suffers just that little bit, and um, and you know he's made several moves throughout the season. I, I feel like that's probably the area that they um, that they could have um, I don't know uh, had a, had a few more games under their belt to gain some chemistry. But um, yeah, I liked I liked Lukey Thomas. I liked the inclusion of Joey Nativo, even Harry Darcy from a defensive standpoint. Um, I think this team was pretty good. Um, it was a it was a really big move. I, I don't remember if you remember the the. Oh, sorry, I don't know if you remember the the trade um, that sent Ash Beck over. But it was a big trade. It was like a blockbuster trade, and it was uh, sort of a little bit controversial. But uh, full credit to Starkey. He's not afraid to pull the trigger, and I think um, I think kudos to Brad Starkey on that. I think yeah, you're right on. Um... 
you know, we don't play a long season, so you do need to try and find that connection pretty quickly. Um, and I, and like you said, I think when you've got a big changeover of players sort of happening fairly regularly, it can be to the detriment sometimes. But in saying that, if it's not working, you do need to make changes. So I think, yeah, Starkey's uh, he's put together a pretty decent list. I thought he had on draft night as well. Um, he obviously wanted to make a few changes after that he sort of strung a few losses together. So, yeah, balls to him for doing that. He's going in the draft again uh, next season as well, actually. So I'd imagine with his numbers, he'll probably be a top five pick. Um, I liked uh, Lukey Thomas's game throughout the season. You mentioned him already. Joey was really good, not just for the for the Penguins, but for the Bucks as well before he got traded. He was. Yep. Um, we sort of got a bit of the old school Joe from sort of Super League like two and three. Uh, when he was a sort of a double double threat most most weeks, so and, and you know, it really hurt you on the trans. So we got to see a bit of that again too, which I thought was really good. Yeah, a bit of prime, Joey. We love it. Bit of prime, Giuseppe. <laughs> uh, for the Dragons, they move well. No, I think the top four was pretty set as well. Oh no, it wasn't. The four spot was up for grabs. I think going into this night, but uh, but the Dragons were never going to drop out. So they, I reckon, finish uh, second on the ladder and they'll play third as well. We'll go over those later, but a good win for them. Uh, pretty clinical, you know, 21 points is a fair margin. Um, yeah, they're going to be a dangerous team come finals. I think so. The next game of the night was the Dandenong Ducks getting up 57 on the Cranbourne Bucks, 46 in what was uh, Jamie Franklin's final career game. Yeah, a bit of a shame. I drafted Jamie on draft night um, and I was really looking forward to playing with him, but we had to sort of pull a trade to get Davey Huang over to Monday night so he could actually play. Uh, and Jamie was was really good about that. You know, I, I sent him a message because I didn't want to trade him without, you know, we, you know, if he didn't want to go over there or if he couldn't. And he was fantastic. He's like, no, nah, get me over there so we can all get a game. And, you know, a bit a bit sad to hear that he's played his last game, but uh, I'm sure he'll be, the, be around the league and he'll keep in contact with everyone. He, he played a pretty good game too. To be fair, he had 13 points, five rebounds, uh, five yeah, from on a, in the field. He hit his last last attempt uh, ever. It was a, I think it was a bank three, but um, what a way to what a way to go out on a high. Um, and yeah, just love to see it. Love loved having him around as as part of Super League. And um, I know that for those who took the time to get to know him, he's he's just one of the best blokes that you'll see getting around. So um, yeah, hats off to Jamie Franklin. He's in that sort of mould, and I think they're, they're mates as well. Anyway, like the Stu Baston type of player that uh, just sort of gets along with everyone. Yep. Struggle to find a player that says has a bad word to say about him, and uh, and they and they're they're dogs on the court too, man. Like the, you know, Jamie's a good defensive player. He can pour some points in too, so he's going to be missed. Um, he's absolutely going to be missed for the Bucks though. Uh, Dill Jack did the majority of the damage. He had twenty two and ten uh, in a nice big double double. Um, apart from that, like we, we touched on Jamie already, he had 13 points. They were the only two in double figures. Uh, Dean Horn had four and two. Uh, AJ Scott, um, yeah, had three turnovers. He's got nothing else to talk about there. Sorry, AJ. <laughs> I didn't mean to point out the, the negatives there. Uh, James Armstrong had three and 12. Good night on the boards. Joshy Saunders had a donut, but he had five rebounds as well. Uh, and Mikey Stewart had four and 10. So a bit of a low night on the scoring there for Mikey, but, um, He'll be back next season, I'm sure, every bit of the first-round pick that he is. Uh, for the Ducks, my friend, do you want to touch on the scorecard or can I talk about you for a minute? You, you can do it, mate. That's fine. I can do it. 
my man, you've you've waited until the final round of the season to remind the league of the presence that Dale Taylor brings. Thirty-one points, seven rebounds. He had a couple of steals in there too, my man. I don't have your assist numbers here, but I reckon you might add some dimes. Thirteen from twenty-five from the field at fifty-two percent. Four from seven uh, from the three-point line. Shot the ball extremely well. Uh, what a night for you, mate! Thirty-one points. Took the piss. Yeah. It was it was one of my one of my better games. Um, I haven't shot like that in a long time, so it was uh, it was certainly good to see the ball go in early, and sort of just build on that for the for the rest of the game. So, yeah, once I saw it, once I saw the first couple go down, it was um, it was just sort of put your head down and see what else um, see what else you can get to drop. And fortunately for me, there was um, there was a bit. Mate, don't don't be modest. When we did the when we went recording before, you said you felt like you could kick the fucking thing in. He was going in from everywhere. Uh, for the for the rest of the Ducks, seventeen points, six rebounds for Dan Catolico. Huge. Uh, Dill Henry had ten I'm rebounds as well. Dan Catolico, by the way, I rate him. I haven't been able to watch him play, but his numbers put up. Um, you know, sort of tell a story. He's a double double threat every week. Doesn't warm up. Just comes <laughs> in, sits there, watches everyone else warm up. Just goes out there, takes care of business, and goes home. Like he's just. He's just unreal. He's just has, has a fantastic beard as well, which I, I have a lot of respect for that. He uh, Dill, Dill Henry had a, a bit of a uh, Dennis Rodman night. He had 10 rebounds. He had five steals. Uh, James Minimar had a bucket. Well, and, mate, uh, Warsaw on one and the other, sorry. Sorry, mate, I lost you there. Say it again. I was just saying, sorry. I was just saying Dill had a great night on both ends, but it was really only one end. Yeah, no, he was zero from 10, so he had a shocking night on the offensive end, but, you know. He had five steals, 10 rebounds. Good defensive game. Top. Uh, James Minimar had a bucket and six rebounds. Good to see him get some reward on the scoreboard. Uh, John O'Bray had five and 11. Uh, Leon Stapley, zero from 12 uh, from the field. He updated which... his profile picture to, to the stat sheet of this game. I know. And then I had a really good chuckle. backed it up. He said he was going to buy zero from 12 as, as one of the plates for, for one of his cards. So... <laughs> What a man. I love that he could take the piss out of himself like that, but I reckon he probably went and punched something 12 <laughs> times on the way home at least. Credit to him, though. He, he did have six assists in the game. So, like, he's, he's, um, he's, a, he's a smart mover of the basketball. Like, he's just a, he's a clever player. And I think um, as, a, as a shooter like Leon Stapley is, uh, you can miss the first 12 and then hit the next 20. So um, that's just the, what the mindset that you have to have when you're an elite shooter like him. Mate, I've said this from a, a guy that is pretty uh, not overly knowledgeable on basketball, but even I know that if you've got a shooter that doesn't shoot, they're worthless to you. Yeah. So you'd rather them shooting and missing, creating long rebounds and, and keeping the structure than, uh, than trying to force something they're not there to do. So good for Leon to, to get the shots up, and hopefully we see him again next season. I'm hoping he's not retiring again. Um Lucas Armstrong had a couple of points. He had five rebounds. Uh, he's been spoken about in Defensive Player of the Year circles as well. Uh, so he's been a good one for you, DT. He's been awesome. So I mean, this sort of uh, this this will sort of head into our uh, end of season wrap up for the Ducks. But I feel like Lucas Armstrong was the the first man to put his hand up to to take the most challenging defensive assignment. Him and John O'Bray did the heavy lifting for that. Um. And I think they both did a really good job on the defensive end this season. Um, and I think, you know, given this, if, if we were sort of uh, a little bit more lucky or on top of our game, I guess, 
uh, in the early early stages of the season, we'd be talking about finals. Um, we've lost um, a lot of close games, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's just sort of came to bite us in the ass towards the end of the season. But um, I think the the seven blokes on this roster are probably in the top ten best blokes in the league. I, I had a ball playing for these guys, and um, yeah, can't speak highly enough of of the Dandenong Ducks twenty twenty three roster. Mate, we were having, so I'm going to digress a little bit here back to Lucas Armstrong. We were chatting about it on the sideline, uh, watching the Ducks do their thing one game. Is it possible to get fouled by a dreadlock? <laughs> Maybe, uh, I guess. Like if, if he's dancing around there, whipping it back and forth like he should, and he f- <laughs> smacks you across the chops with one of those deadly looking dreadlocks, is that a foul? That, I mean, that's beyond my knowledge of the rules of basketball, but I could I could only assume that his hair is a part of him. So yeah, if he chops someone with his dreadlocks, that's probably a foul. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it was just a conversation question. point. Yeah. I might have to ask one of our um, our esteemed refs when I get a chance uh, this week. But yeah, I was pretty high up for the answer for that one. It's a it's a unique question. It's different. I mean, how many dreadlocked NBA players are there out there? Not many. Oh geez. Oh no! There's a lot of cornrows and you know real delinquent style haircuts, but no, none of the old Bob Marley. Fucking. Did I tell you what? If Reggie Bullock fouled you, I reckon uh, with one of his dreadlocks, I reckon that could be a legitimate foul because they're like the size of my forearms. Each one yeah. of these. He's only got like three of them. <laughs> they're big. They're thickness. Yeah, they um, are. <laughs> mate, I like the ducks. At least I, I partook in a uh, in a car park lemonade with the Ducks after one of their games, and, and all fantastic blokes. I think, uh, you know, our passage is uh, midway through the season. But to be fair, you were pretty shit back then. You've come home with a full head of steam. Um, you know, one of the unlucky teams, there's a few of them, though, that, you know, if you give them another two or three more games, they'd probably sneak into the four. But, you know, not a, not a bad season, not a horrible season, but uh, not a very good one either. Mm-hmm. 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 Hard, uh, to, hard to disagree with any of that, but, um, uh, yeah. Credit to our guys. We lost a lot of really close games against good teams. So, yeah, I think we can walk away from the season with our heads held high. Indeed you can. Let's move on. Uh, next game of the night was... Bucks too, man, because the, the Bucks. Oh, the Bucks, that was their season Bucks, over two. Sorry. Yeah. Well, this is the first time we've got to do two teams in one game, uh, one game coverage. So I apologize for that. That was my fault. I've, I've closed the, the tab and everything on the score. Hang on. What do you what do you make of the the Bucks? I mean, they they made um, they made a I think one or two trades. They had a replacement player come in. Um, they start off the season red hot, and they were probably one of the hottest teams in the comp at the time. Uh, and then it sort of just gradually fell away from there. And before you know it, they're out of the finals. Who they trade to get Dill Jack? Joey Nativo. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if it like on paper you go that's a that's a really good trade for the Bucks because you're getting Dill, who's a fifteen to twenty point a night scorer. Um, you know, gets rebounds. You know, runs up and down all night. So on paper you go, yeah, fucking the Bucks would win that. But I reckon Joey was a a big glue guy for the Bucks. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's Joey got... was playing his best basketball uh, right there too. Like a, I think his confidence would have been high, and um, you know the the trade. I don't know if you you want to say it didn't work out. I mean. Dill fin- was obviously starting to to find some some rhythm uh, towards the end of the season, but I think you know Joey had had the rhythm 
um, coming into the season. So it's, I think more so than um, winning and losing the trade, it's probably who was in form at the time and who wasn't. Mm. But otherwise, yeah. I think the for the Bucks, you know, Joshy Saunders had probably his best season for a long time. Played really um, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mikey Stewart was probably, you know, he was obviously coming off an MVP season uh, in Super League 8, so... That's pretty hard to back up sometimes. Um, well, I think you then you then get like the full scouting report. Everyone's mm. sort of planning around how how do we stop Mike Stewart? So yeah, yeah. Um, I think he was probably the victim of that a little bit. A lot of teams were were honing their defensive efforts in on on stopping him and making him a little bit more uncomfortable and less effective. Yeah, he's still. A, I mean, I don't, I don't think this will last for Mikey. He'll come back next season and take the piss again. So um, I don't know. Like he's had seven looks in this game. There's a few games during the season when you know when we're doing the pod and that, and I look and I go, oh, he's only had, you know, six, eight, ten looks. You know, I feel like if you want it, you got a guy like that, um, fifteen to twenty looks. You want majority of your players sort of going through him, um, and not where not. I'm not suggesting that that's why the the bucks sort of fell away, but um, I guess if I'm picking at, at things of what I'd do with that list, that's that's how I'd play him. But they, uh, yeah, definitely show what they were capable of early, and I think they're. You know, they'll be kicking themselves. I reckon they had a red-hot chance to really solidify a top-four spot early days and and um, and sort of make it through to the to the, to the the playoffs, but unfortunately they're not. Yeah, it was at, at one stage during the season, it was sort of looking like there was no chance for any of the other teams to, to really um, have a look in at finals. And it was really through the Bucks just dropping a couple of critical games that, um, that had opened the door. And then before you know it, um, yeah, they're out. Yeah, but I want to want to shout out Josh Saunders actually before we move on because I think he was um, he was one of our better GMs this season in terms of um, you know making sure he did the right thing by by the team and by the league. Uh, I thought he he was great at keeping player behaviour in check. He made sure he did all the right things in terms of playing his guys the right amount of minutes, and I think um, I think he's done a, a fantastic job as a as a GM. First time GM, man. I think he did a really good job. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's it's not so much on the drafting a good team or whatever or trying to get the wins. He he did the hard things. I remember that that trade early days. I had to make a trade with him uh, when he had Davy Huang and had to get him over. He was very easy to deal with. It was, uh, you know, mate, I can give you this. You know, we'll make it work. He said, yeah, let's do it. Done. No toing and froing, trying to get you know more than what it was worth or anything like that. I reckon he's been pretty good to deal with. So good on Joshy. Hopefully, pretty sure he's back next season for another crack, isn't he? Okay. Jam. My memory is so bad at the moment. Yeah, no shit. We spoke about this last week too. Hang on. I would hope so. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, stiff on the Bucks. Uh, like I said, I think they had a really good season, um, and I think they will be one of the more disappointed teams to not make it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next game, and it was the Emerald Bears uh, defeating the Packenham Upper Unicorns, sixty-nine to fifty-seven. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good game for the for the Bears. Um, you know, you look at um, you look at Al Katuziak, He uh, he absolutely had a, a smashing performance with twenty-seven, six, uh, and a couple of assists in there as well. Um, you had Greg Wise doing Greg Wise things, 13 and 14, uh, three steals. Um, he's sort of the unsung hero a lot in this team because he's uh, he's the man that does the the write-ups on the the Tuesday night comp. So he he often doesn't shout himself out, and he probably should. 
because he's had um, he's had his best season in a long time, I think, here with the Emerald Bears. Yeah, no, I think so too, mate. He's he's back to the double double, Greggy, that was uh, a constant for you know a big portion of Super League. Um, he had a bit of a down season, I reckon, last season um, that he wasn't at his best, but um, he come back. He, he got himself really fit as well, which has made a massive difference. Uh, he's been doing a lot of running, and he's 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 really. He's damaging again, you know. He's a he's a hard man to stop in the paint. He's got some really good moves, but he's also really strong. So um, he's been fantastic for him. Like you said, he doesn't write himself up uh, in the player of the week. Which I got to be honest, he's a better man than I am because if I was putting up his numbers, I'd be shouting myself out every week. To be fair, <laughs> um, for the rest of the Bears, uh, Jared Christopher had six points. Um, Jay Rich had nine rebounds. Jeff Reed twenty points and five. Uh, four offensive boards out of those five rebounds. So, yep. got the so long had one. six assists. Greg had five assists, beg your pardon, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Francis had a couple of points. He had six rebounds. He had two steals as well. Uh, Mick's been really good on the defensive end, I reckon, for the Bears this season. He's done a really good job. Yep. Uh, Noah Hansen, uh, he had a point. He had three rebounds. He had some foul trouble as well. He had four fouls, so only 23 minutes there for Noah. He's been, again, same as Mick, been really big on the defensive end for him. Uh, I think he sort of likes to go to that sort of primary ball hander on the on the opposition team and try and lock him down as best he can. He does, and he does a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Unicorns, mate, um, yeah, but it's been a dirty season for the Unicorns, and, and the, the, this last Tuesday was no different. Unicorns um, were big in the first quarter, man. They were yeah, and it just sort of – I was keeping an eye on the scores there, and it just like the Bears just came and, and, and went too, so – uh, Angus Faye, he had 12 points. He had three rebounds, a couple of steals. He had 10 uh, assists as well. Sorry, 10 times. That's his best game, Angus. And I'll, be, I'll be waiting for one of them. Yeah, had a cracker of a game. Uh, Ash Beck had nine points, 19 rebounds. Uh, stinkiest man in Super Leagues. No one can seem to box this guy out. Um, <laughs> Curtis Wheeler had a couple of rebounds. Uh, Eli Evans, five points, five rebounds. A couple of offensive boards in that too. He only shot the one shot. Uh, the two shots, sorry, but he hit one of them. Uh, Jess Maudsley, 17 points, seven rebounds, uh, 14 looks, and he shot the ball at 43%. So Love I that. think uh, if anyone's drafting Jess Maudsley next next season and he's not having upwards of sort of 12 to 15 looks per game, uh, you're not using him correctly. Um, a really good night. He shot four from 12 from uh, the Land of Plenty as well, so he had four trays. Summit Tapper had 14 points and a rebound, uh, four triples as well. Um, but, yeah, just a... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to pick where it goes wrong, where it went wrong for the Unicorns, because the team on paper is actually fantastic. They're, they're an interesting team, and I think um, part of their problem was that they had not enough ball handlers earlier in the season, and then they found themselves with a lot of ball handlers late in the season. It was a, it was an interesting um, roster to, to sort of watch evolve. And, um, you know, I think if you're going to draft, you know, the, the league's best shooter – you got to get him shots, and that's um, that's probably I think where they fell down early, and um, and perhaps even late as well. Um, yeah, just a just an interesting combo. I think I loved Ash Beck playing for this team as well. I thought um, I thought he was a, a massive piece. You know, since he's been playing with the Unicorns, he's up near twenty rebounds every single night. Um, yeah, they just they just couldn't get it going, and you know they struggled for for majority of the season, but. Uh, it, like I say, there's no easy wins in Super League, and when you're playing the Unicorns, I certainly wouldn't view it as an easy win. No, absolutely not. And I rate like they got blokes like Eli, Eli Evans in there too. Always spoken about in defensive player of the year chats. 
Uh, I like Summit Thapa. Uh, he's having a crack at jamming next season too, so wrap for him at that. Yeah. Um, like you said, Ash Beck, he's, he's a double-double machine. Uh, and I feel like, you know, pairing him with Jess Maudsley, you know, you've got uh, two really, really good avenues to the bucket there with with Ash getting inside and Jess doing his sniping work. So um, I reckon if you were to draft this team again next season, they're going to do damn well. Um, it just didn't work out this season. There you have it. There you have it. And the Bears jump up to top of the table with this one, just going up by like 0.2 of a percent or something. Stupid yeah, like yeah, it was bugger all, wasn't it? It was a really, really tightly contested top four in the uh, in the East Conference. Mm-hmm. The final game of the night was the Narnagoon Bulldogs, uh, the Silverbacks from Wish getting up on the Silverbacks. Silverbacks from Wish. Silverbacks from Wish. So this was a big. This was a big result actually because it dropped the Silverbacks. I reckon from first all the way to third. Yeah, it was a. I mean. It, like you say, you need to you need to defeat the best of teams that you play against anyway. So uh, I, I don't think the Silverbacks are going to be too concerned with who they play in finals. But um, it was it was an interesting one. Um, they were without um, they were without uh, Dave Gormley, so big out for them. And uh, but but a good test, I think. Also, you know, they only they only lost by five points, and it was within within a point for like the last minute. So uh, yeah, I think, I think a really good test for the Silverbacks coming into finals. You, you know, you want to, you're asking guys like Jake Sutherland and Riley Lanting, Josh Farager, all the guys to step up offensively in his absence. And I think they did a reasonable job of doing that. No, I think so too, mate. For the Silverbacks, we've got uh, Riley Lanting having 11 points, four rebounds. Uh, Michael Kassab had two points. Uh, Kyle Sutherland had four rebounds, uh, didn't hit the scoreboard, zero from seven. Uh, Josh Farraga. Oh, sorry, how'd you say that? <laughs> Farragher. No, I'm not even taking the piss now. I, I'm confusing myself. It's he had tough. nine points. He had five rebounds, uh, four from eight from the field, so 50% there, good shooting. Uh, Jordy Hendricks had nine points, eight rebounds, pretty close to the double-double there. And Jakey Sutherland with 10 and nine as well. Uh, for the Nanagoon Bulldogs, uh, a pretty good spread. Timmy Morgan with 10 points, uh, nine rebounds. Tommy Daly with eight points, five rebounds. Uh, Liam Loveday, six points, two rebounds. Hayden Byron uh, with 10 points and eight rebounds. Gav Trapnell had a point. He had three rebounds. He had four swats as well. Uh, classic Gav. Yeah. Uh, Dan Blythe, nine points, one rebound. And Dan Eagleton with two points and seven rebounds. So uh, everyone doing a little bit there. For the uh, for the Bulldogs to get the dub, yeah, it was a it was a really grinding uh, performance to, to watch. I mean, two defensive juggernauts just going at it, and uh, the result was probably not as low scoring as as you would expect, but uh, no low scoring nonetheless. Um, but it was the Bulldogs getting up on the night. Uh, what do you make of the Bulldogs for the season, mate? I feel like they were thereabouts for most of it. Uh, I, I put them sort of in the in the same boat as the Ducks. You know, they they lost a lot of sort of close games, and you know had the had a couple of more shots have dropped in in certain situations, we could very well be talking about them as a as a finals team. So um, definitely a team that sort of come to life later on in the season, and I think they'd be one team as well that'd be wishing the season was just a few games longer. No, absolutely, and I like the team on on paper. 
you got some scoring there with Timmy Morgan and, uh, and, and defensive pressure as well from him. Gav Tratnell defending the, in, defending the paint. Uh, I like Tommy Daly. You know, he's nice and long. He sort of gets his hand in the lanes and gets a lot of steals and stuff like that. And Hayden Byron, sort of the same. So a good team on paper. Um, I reckon they only just missed out on the four. They might have been fifth. I think they finished, uh, yeah, fifth. I think you're right. I'm just trying to find the ladder here. You sent it to me. You know. Yeah, they 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 finished yeah, fifth. fifth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think they were they were right on the cusp as well. A couple more games, um, probably would have seen them sneak in. With missed the out fifth. by one game, but they had superior percentage, so they, they'd be not kicking themselves, but they they probably feel a little bit unlucky, which is fair. Um, yeah, they were the only other team that could have made it. Uh, apart from them and the Foxes. So they'll bang it out for, for yeah, for, for fourth spot there. Um, the Silverbacks obviously move into finals. They go in in third position. They were on top most of the season. Uh, I think they were the last undefeated team, if I'm not wrong, uh, for the season as well. So a good team on paper. They like to play a low-scoring game. They want it to be a bit of a dogfight. And, uh, and if you play that way in the finals, I reckon the Silverbacks will get you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean um, they've they've got a good track record, so we'll um, we'll talk about we'll talk about the um, the finals games in just a moment. I did have in you know seeing as we're talking about Hayden Byron in this game, I thought we'd come up with a uh, with a top five inspired by Hayden Byron, and it's going to be Hayden Byron's top five. Um, and we've got, I thought we'd started off with uh, with something pretty simple. I could throw it together just before the podcast and. Uh, I've gone with team chemistry, and it's and it's purely based on uh, on on team vibes, not wins and losses, not anything else. Uh, and I've got a top five here for you, just based on what I see around the comp and uh, the vibes that I uh, that I get from each team. And I've got a top five here for you, Plaus. Okay, mate. I'm going to pretend I haven't heard it already, and I'm not disgusted by the results. So continue. <laughs> so at five, we've got. The Packin' and Pirates. Top five. That's pretty good, right? I like it. I don't mind it. I think uh, we were chatting about this earlier. You know, we've got a, a very connected team on the court. Um, you know, a lot of us are family men with families in that at home. So we don't do a lot of the car parking around. We like to get in and get out. But once we're on the court, we connect. And we connected early, too. Um, I think we we're one of the, the, the quickest teams to sort of find an on-court uh, sort, of, sort of routine and connection. So, um yeah, I like it. I like being top five in this list. Continue. Was there, was there a um a bit of a chocolate hookup amongst <laughs> the, the pirates as well? Yeah, so <laughs> there was a little bit. Yeah, no, Pistol and I had a nice little uh, little three or four week stretch there where we were indulging in the uh, in the charity box. I think Amy brought him down, so we were keeping her uh, her child's uh, school's pockets lined there with with Freddo frogs and. Twix and stuff like that. So nice little bit of chemistry there with Pistol. He's been a fantastic teammate to play with too, by the way. So I like this list so far, DT. Continue. <laughs> At four, I've got the Koalas. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, the, those guys are all uh, pretty tight-knit. Um, they were so before the draft. And uh, I know I've spoken to Mitch a few times and he sort of frothed the inclusion of uh, of Rob Middleton and um, yeah, I think I think those boys uh, would would certainly have some off court vibes going on. Uh, could be could be proven wrong there, but uh, I've got them in at four. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think um, they definitely 
But you, you can always see them on the sidelines before and after each game, always having a bit of a laugh and, and taking the piss out of each other. So, yeah, for sure. I remember on draft night, I was sitting next to Mitchie, um, and he did sort of echo the, the sentiment that he wanted to draft some some close mates of his and spend a season playing with them and especially with his brother as well. So I'm uh, I'm feeling it. Number three, I have the Emerald Bears. Um, there's there's significant evidence around to to uh, to demonstrate that they have good chemistry as a team, um, on court as well as off the court. You always see them out there, at the front, um, you know, hanging around before and after games, having a, a bit of a chat and a, a lemonade or two. Um, and I think the Bears are definitely right up there in terms of team chemistry. Yeah, Greggy's uh, Greggy's pretty good at that. I think having a nice GM definitely makes the chemistry uh, take off and stick a little bit easier. He's drafted a few blokes that he's played with before in uh, in Katusiak and Jay Rich and stuff as well. Um, and we all know what Jeff Reed's like is like off the court and on the court. There's not too many better men in our league. So, yeah, I, I, again, I'm feeling that one. Keep going. Number two, I have the Bulldogs. Three and two were pretty close uh, for me. I thought the um, the Bears and the Bulldogs, they're, they're very much uh, cut from the same cloth in terms of uh, hanging around before and after the games and um, really getting around their teammates, um, having a bit of a yak after the game and uh, discussing things and, and sort of how they can do things better and whatnot. And uh, you always see them out there having a bit of a chat. And um, we we actually got together with them and had a bit of a chat one night as well. So, yeah, it was. Um, I think they've got some, some really strong vibes. And I think, like you said, uh, like like I said, uh, the season was a bit, little bit longer. I think they'd be playing finals and, and continuing continuing that right through yeah i didn't get much of a uh, of an exposure to the bulldogs mate we didn't get to play them at all and obviously be on the other night so i'm gonna have to take your word for that one and number one i've put our ducks wanker. Our ducks at number yeah yeah you might say wanker but you, know, you can't put yourself at the top of these lists it's not how it works well i'll have it i'll have a different list next week but for now we're at the top of the list okay we're number one and we've got the best vibes out of the every team in the comp Best chemistry. Yeah, yeah, you're not biased at all either. That's this is interesting. <laughs> I, I definitely this, am biased, and I and I do make the list. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans here. No, I mean you've got if, you've got if, a team that, okay, that finished right, right. I need to, middle I need of the to... table, mediocre, and you're like, yeah, no, nah, best vibes. You know, they're be, they're, they got the best chemistry, even though they couldn't play basketball for the full uh, first half of the season. All right, I'm going to ask you... I'm going to ask you a question, and, and it's a pretty decent question. Name another Super League team that had sausages on a barbecue after a basketball game in the car park. <laughs> this isn't Super League League of Sausages in on it's, the barbecue. It's a top five chemistry list, mate. That's that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. And then the one chemistry on that barbecue, I'm telling you. I never saw the sausages in the barbecue. The one week that I decided to come and indulge in uh, a bit of ducks post game, uh, you know, fun. There was no sausages. Yeah, but you, you were no sausages. BB from someone's car, so you know I wasn't happy. So maybe that's where this deep-seated rage is coming from. VB, no, I'm taking I'm taking the piss, DT. I, I think you I think the vibes that the Ducks were high all season. I think if I was doing the list, I think I might have the Bears on top, just purely on uh, you know they got a bit of the Success. results going their way as well. Fair enough. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, I like it. I like the list. We've spoken about doing this a few times, the old top five list. Because we're, we're going to keep it going. We're going to do the top five for the remainder of these podcasts. So if you if you do have a top five that you want us to run through, please shout out, and we'll uh, we'll take it into consideration. Maybe it could be another poll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you po- do oh. love poll. I do. I do enjoy smoking a. Uh, I mean, I do enjoy a poll. It's <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe we could. We we should get some options and then poll them, and then let the fans decide. That's something we'll chat about that off air. I reckon that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, all right, so there you go. Our first Hayden Byron top five poll, uh, not poll, but um, dictated top five to start with. Maybe it'll be a poll next week. Mm, I like that. All right. Of a poll. <laughs> mm, poll. Hey, we've got um, we've got some killer action coming up for the finals playoffs uh why don't you take us through uh the first two two games which are happening on monday night yes mate so the first final at 7 p.m um will be my pirates taking on the baronia bloodhounds it's it's bittersweet for me because i get to come up against my personally my favorite uh super league player of all time uh, and teammate of all time in Diljenk. Um, and going off last week where he wasn't overly happy with his shooting performance, that usually bodes fairly poorly for the team the next week. So we've got a fight on our hands, mate. This is going to be an absolute uh, an absolute cracker. They've got, obviously, Diljenk. They've got Jacko Gray on the inside. He's been comfortably the best big man this season. Um, and they've got a bit of depth there too. We, we spoke about Blakey Schreiber uh, running the ball up and, and distributing extremely well. Um, so they're, they're, a, they're a really tough team. I think they, they're probably a better team than where fourth suggests. I reckon they were sort of a top two or three team for majority of the season on the Monday night. Um, and, yeah, we get a chance to, to sort of, I guess, show what we can do when the pressure's on. We've, I reckon, the, you know, speaking, you know, pretty biased, in a pretty biased fashion, but I reckon our, my Pirates are probably... Um, probably the best offensive team. I reckon we've got um, sort of the, the biggest ceiling when it comes to scoring capacity. Um, main, obviously, Will's probably our main weapon there. We've got, um, you know, Pistol Pete that can shoot anywhere in the 20s. Clarky's had himself a player of the week, uh, mm-hmm. shooting over 20 points as well. Cal Shave hasn't had a big game yet. He usually um, scores a lot more heavily than he has done this season. So I'm looking forward to him uh, in the next, hopefully the next couple of weeks, you know, drumming up a, a sort of a classic cow shave performance. Um, and Davey Quang on the inside as well. Can, it can be a real double-double threat. So uh, we've got Jazz Hendricks for this final, and then he goes away, uh, which is going to be a shame for us, but I reckon he could put up some big numbers too. So we've got a, we've got a battle there, mate. Um, it's going to be a really, really interesting final. Um, and, yeah, obviously I'm tipping my, my Pirates there, mate. Have you got a tip for that one? Yes. <laughs> well, tough, tough one to call. Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm I'm probably going to go with the Pirates as well, um, for one reason and one reason only. We we spoke about earlier on in this podcast. We spoke about the importance of team chemistry, and you know, we had Cooper fly off to the states, and uh, and that means Dil Jenks only got one game to come in and and find a bit of chemistry. He will have a little bit of pre-existing chemistry with uh, with Jacko. Um, but outside of that, everyone's sort of got to learn a little bit of a, a new strategy in terms of how they approach games. And I think that could be 
an X factor in this game, I guess. Uh, so I think I'm just going to go with the the known quantity in the Pirates, um, and we'll see how you guys go. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones that, and you could ask most uh, either players or fans that are following the season, you know, this team won or this team won. No one would be surprised either way. Yeah, um, I think so. yeah. yeah, I think if the Hounds walk away with a win or whether the Pirates walk away with a win, there's not going to be too many surprise people there. So should be a pisser, mate. Are we looking forward to it? I always love playing finals in Super League. It sort of tends to go up a little notch. The the games get a little bit more, not physical, but there's you know there's a bit more emphasis on the defense side of it. It's not just a run and gun. Um, yeah, so we'll see how we go there. Uh, the, did, um, did anyone in sorry, your right. household? Sorry, did anyone in your household have any tips on this game? <laughs> yeah, it did come up actually. My wife, my my beautiful wife, my bride. She, uh, we got our. Um, obviously, I got home on Monday night and we we're chatting about finals, and she said, "Oh, that's good, baby. Who are you playing?" I said, "Oh, we're playing the Bloodhounds." She said, "Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Who do they have playing for them?" And I said, "Oh." Funnily enough, they've got um, they've got the smiling assassin playing for him. She's like, "Oh, the guy that played for you guys a couple of seasons ago." Said, "Yeah, yeah, Dill's playing for him." She's like, "Oh, you guys are fucked." <laughs> didn't didn't even like take a second there. She's like, "Oh, you guys are screwed." And I was like, "Nah, we'll be right." So Love I've got it. a lot of a lot of support in the household there, but uh, they all got their pirates uh, uh, apparel too this week. So there'll be a, a little cheer squad in the. Uh, we got the early game, so the, the, the giblets will be down. The, the My two midgets will be down with their little pirate stops on, and, and Ash will be down as well. So looking forward to that. I love being able to bring the kids down and having a watch. Yeah, love it. There's always good photos of you and the and the little little snots running around. Yeah, my little man. He, he, I can't keep him away. I get in trouble now whenever I go toward, like if he sees me leaving with my bag, my basketball bag or my uh, my golf sticks, he, I get in trouble because I'm not taking him with me. So he's getting that age. It's, um you know, I'm, I'm not going to have a choice soon. He'll be either playing or, or watching from the sideline, I think, at pretty much everything I do. So, good fun. Yours will be about the same soon as well, I reckon. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the next game? Yes, the next game is the Berwick Sharks taking on the Ringwood Rangers. The Sharks dropping down from first down to third. Uh, third? Maybe second. Either way, they're playing the Rangers. Um, yeah, dropping down to third and the Rangers moving up to second somehow uh, without winning. I think that's just purely on percentage. Um, the Sharks were top of the table, you know, most of the season on the Monday night. Uh, the Rangers are probably, you know, in, in saying that the Rangers have probably been the, one of the form teams of the comp uh, for the past month. They've won, uh, you know, sort of three out of their four games by, by, by really big margins as well. They gave us a good clip a few weeks ago. Um, and they've got some really good scoring power inside with Jack Morris Burney. Um, obviously, Kyle, uh, Kyle Nagel running the point for them and being sort of the main weapon. That's a really good one-two punch. Uh, but they've got some good shooters as well. Josh Bauer's been shooting really well the last couple of weeks. He's hit some form. Uh, and and, and the, the GM too, Bailey Griffiths, has been uh, finding a shot too. So it's going to be an interesting game. The Sharks have got some, uh, some firepower as well. Uh, the inside presence with Big Brody and uh, and Coop Rice is is a really hard combo to sort of combat, uh, and I reckon that might be the difference in the game. Sort of if Jack uh, Big Jack can get a hold of Coop or vice versa, sort of might be the difference here. Because I reckon I reckon Lee Belton and Snags are almost going to cancel each other out. Um, they're both going to get their get their points and, and and get their rebounds, but I reckon it might be the the second and third options for the teams that sort of I guess get the victor in this one. 
Very well covered. Do you have a um, do you have a tip? I think I'd tip the Rangers. Not with a lot of confidence. I think Rangers. I think Jack's probably in better form than uh, than Coop and Rody at the moment. Yeah. Um, he's been really unstoppable in the paint. You know, he's got some really good footwork. He, he rebounds like a dog. Um, and this is sort of he's, he's as strong as they come. And uh, and not not taking anything away from Coop and from Rody. They're they're obviously really good inside men as well. Rody usually shoots the ball at a pretty high clip, and same with Coop. But I reckon Jack's just in better form than they are at the moment. So I think that might be the difference here. I'll go with the Rangers. I've got to go with the Sharks because that's what I've done all season and I'm not going to change it now. So the uh, I think the Sharks, I think Lee Belton is a winner and he finds a way. Um, but what what a, what a couple of games, man. Like you I, I was just thinking that. Like you can't, winner. you can't, there's no, there's no easy pick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I can see every one of these teams getting a win in a few different ways. So, I think it's um, it's a testament to the to the comp. You know how tight we make it with our draft process and stuff like that. Um, there's very rarely, I think, there's only really been a season or two that's had a real standout winner. Yeah. Um, but this Monday night comp all season has been tight as a nuns, mate. It's been very tight. Um, and you know, like I said, the Sharks dropping essentially three spot, you know, two places just in the last round. Yeah. Um, you know, changes their, you know, changes their opponent, um, and so maybe a little bit of planning. I'm not sure, but um, but yeah, it's a, it's awesome. This is going to be a, a red hot first night of finals. Moving on to the Tuesday night action, we've got uh, the Bears and the Foxes at 7 p.m. Uh, this stands to be quite a good game as well. You know, I think anyone who finished in fourth on the Tuesday night was going to be a, a pretty heavy underdog. But the Foxes are about as strong as they've looked all season. They've had Noah uh, Christensen playing for them for, I think, three or four games now. And uh, and they're looking hot. Yeah, I, look, I've got to be honest, I haven't seen the Foxes play in person. Um, obviously, keeping an eye on the on the results and on the the stats, they've had a, I guess a a bit of a not a fight back for the season, but they've been around that middle middle period, sort of between fourth and sort of sixth most of the season. So good to see them get up and solidify that fourth spot last week. They had a bye uh, in the week just gone. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the the, um, the Silverbacks was sort of enough to to really um, cement their their place in finals. Yeah, so I like their outside shooting in Benji Coco and, and Josh Landing as well. Uh, and obviously Noah Christensen's been a stud for him since coming in to replace Andy. Uh, Big Fridge, I think, might, might have a bit to say in this one. Um, there's not many that can move him out of the way in the paint or are willing to get in his way in the paint. Um, <laughs> and not only that, obviously, he's got a really high IQ and a great passing game. So uh, he's going to have a bit, fair bit to say in this one. Uh, for the Bears, you know, they've been easily one of the best teams on in the comp for the entire season. Uh, they were one of the, the last undefeated teams to go with the Silverbacks. Uh, they've got a very even spread. I like the uh, the Jeff Reed and Katusiak combo. Um, it's a, it's really potent. You know, Jeff is obviously a great facilitator, but he can get as, as wet as they are, as wet as they come, sorry, from the arc. Uh, Greggy on the inside. I like Jay Rich on the inside too. I don't think his stats have been probably quite as high this season as they can be. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if Jay Reach sort of pops up with a nice double-double or something like that. Um, 
Jared Christopher is a, is a bit of a nugget as well. Uh, and, and Noah Hansen does a great job on the defensive end. So I'm tipping the Bears in this one, not by a lot. Um, it's probably my most confident tip of the night. Um, but, yeah, I reckon they just get the job done over the Foxes. Yeah, I think it's hard to to tip against the Bears considering the the sort of resume that they've put together throughout the season. They've been one of the hottest teams uh, that you come up against and that the firepower is just uh, just so, so good. And, um, and probably one of the most underrated... Uh, defenders this season is Noah Hansen. He's been um, he's been spectacular at negating the opposition team's best uh, best uh, threat. So I think I've got to go with the Bears as well. But um, this is going to be, I think, potentially a really good game too. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't got my ladder in front of me, but it will be the Silverbacks versus the Dragons. The Dragons, of course. Um, offense versus defense, I reckon. Is that probably fair? Yeah. I mean, the, these two teams have played already and um, and it was the Silverbacks that got up last time. But um, it was in a close one as well. So it was sort of what we expected. Um, but it was defense prevailing in the last game and it's it's going to be... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so hard to pick a winner in this one because the, the Dragons have been so good on uh, on offense and... Silverbacks, as we know, they've been um, they've been great on defense, but getting better on the offensive end. So it's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. Are we assuming uh, that obviously, hopefully, Dave Gormley was only last week out? He's definitely playing this week, I would think. I I haven't followed up, but I assume it was a once-off, and um, and we'll see what they what they come out with. But um, I would assume that Dave Gormley will be playing in this game, and they'll be at a hundred percent. I reckon it's yeah. I, I I think Cam Scott looms pretty large in this one. He's um, I'm not going to say quietly been going about his work because he's, he's been spoken about every week, but uh, he gets better when the game has more on the line. It sort of reaches a bit further into his bag of tricks and and comes yeah. up pretty big. So I agree with that. That's very well, very well said. Yeah, he's um, he's obviously got a very very good basketball mind on him. He's a, he's a seasoned sort of campaigner, the last final series he played in, which was with the Kittens, he won finals MVP. Um, and, yeah, I just don't, I don't see that man having a bad game. I like uh, I like the look of him and also with big Trent Reeford in the paint. It sort of gives him a bit of protection. Um, you know, the big body goes to, should be going to Trent anyway out of the two. Uh, probably frees up Cam a little bit more to, to get outside and facilitate. Um, and then obviously Mick Blythe, the, the GM, who's been putting up first round numbers all season as well. So I think the firepower for the Dragons is probably a little bit high, uh, too high. And this one, I reckon it's going to show when the game sort of, you know, when the pressure sort of starts to, to get up a bit more in the game, I reckon the, the Dragons just have a little, a few more avenues to the bucket. I think, I think it's a, all very valid statements that you make. I think Cam... Cam, you know, I think in a difficult moment, he will rise to the occasion and, uh, like you say, probably reach that that extra gear that he's got. Uh, Michael Blythe had a terrific season. Um, well, we spoke about Phil Schofield being in, in great form coming into finals. Um, they got the automatic arm in Ryland Dunn. Um, they should have Chris Eagleton coming back for finals as well, a, a really good sort of hard-nosed defender. Um, yeah, I... Th- <laughs> It's hard. It's so hard to pick a winner out of this. I think the last couple of weeks, the Silverbacks haven't been uh, at their best, and I think maybe a little bit rattled the last couple of weeks. But um, 
you know, I think maybe, you know, GM Kyle Sutherland, he'll, he'll look at this and, and sort of go, right, time to compose ourselves for finals. And, and they'll come in locked and loaded, ready to go. And I think, um, I think Josh Farragher makes, makes Michael Blythe's night a really long one. Uh, and I think they make a, a hell of a game of it. Um, they have got defenders at every position. And I think um, I think it's the Silverbacks. You know that you know that old saying: "Defense wins championships." I think it's uh, I think it's going to be the defense. I like the. I don't mind the Silverbacks. I like Riley Lanting's game. He can shoot uh, extremely well from the outside if he gets pretty hot. Um, obviously, Dave Gormley as well. He's a he's an all round sort of similar to Cam in that way. He's got um, he's got a great facilitating, but he'll rebound and score as well. So the options are definitely there for the Silverbacks. Um, and I think this one's going to be a really hard game to tip as well, mate. I don't think either of us would be surprised uh, to see either team get up. It's actually, it's I'm really excited about about the, the first round of the finals. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be shit hot. It's going to be mint. Uh, I'm going to get down there and hopefully jump on the mic for for Tuesday night stuff. I'm, I'm wondering if um, I'm wondering if anyone's available to jump on the mic for for Monday night stuff. But um, we'll see. You guys are playing the. Um, the hounds, so that sort of takes you and Tristan out of the equation. So, might well, see Tristan if, uh, won't be playing. I'm assuming his knee's still no good. Oh, that's true. That's mm. true. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have the family there too, so I'll be leaving relatively early after. But hopefully, we can find someone to get on there. It's, yeah. it's kind of hard, you know, DT, when you're successful like Dale and Tristan, like Tristan and I. You know, we just don't have time for this shit because we're <laughs> playing ball in finals, and you know. You've got time to you should you've got time to do this because your team was poor. <laughs> so you know, read into that what you will. Thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> John O'Bray is going to fucking king hit me one day. I'm going to come down there and be like, mate, you've talking talked smack about the ducks one too many times. He's going to end me. It's endless. <laughs> the amount of smack talk that you've given the ducks is is just fucking remarkable. It's uh, this is getting up there to sort of castle numbers. Yeah, like it's, I can't back down now because if I back down now, I look like a coward. I just got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just got to keep going. You're not even playing this week, and I'm already pasting this. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we have on the agenda is players of the week and team of the week, and then we'll jump off, mate. So I know it's getting late. We'll um, we'll quickly cover that. And we're getting into the weird mate. stuff on TV. I've got like aliens on Channel Nine at the moment. I don't know, like it's a like, know, like the Steve Weaver. Yeah, I like the Bob Lazar shit, you know, like it's a oh. the, yeah, the History Channel says so it's, it's very weird. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> All right. So uh players of the week. We had uh who did we have? Sorry, I've got to I've got to go back. We had um, Well, you were one of them. How did you forget that? We had Hayden Melson, uh, with his thirty eight point eight rebound four steel game, uh getting player of the week honors for the South Conference. Uh, and for the East Conference, mate, you're obviously too modest. You don't want to read out your own numbers, but it was yourself, the dangerous bald man from the Darksdale Taylor with 31 points, seven rebounds. He had four triples uh, to go with that as well. A very nice final outing for yourself, my man. Thank you, mate. And we'll move on to the team of the week. Rounding out the starting five, we had Mike Godfrey from the Vikings, his 20-point game. Uh, which elevated them above the Bloodhounds. Spectacular effort from him. Alex Skatuziak with his 27-point game was just uh, was just spectacular. Uh, and Cam Scott with his triple-double from the Dragons, um, rounding out the starting five. Coming off the bench, we had 
Uh, we had Dil Jenk, your mate, the smiling assassin from the Bloodhounds, and Cal Austin from the Pacers with his massive game as well. Uh, the two player of the weeks in the in the starting five there. I'm not sure if you mentioned that, mate, or if I just missed it. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind this team. I like it. It's uh, The only one I'd probably try and find a spot for in there is, uh, and here's my bias again, is probably Pistol. Uh, he had a 23-point game. He had four triples. Um, and did it all sort of in the crunch time in the last, but I don't know who you'd take out to do that. It's so hard. Like every single week, someone misses out that probably really deserves a run at it. Absolutely. Uh, even like uh, Robbie Middleton, you know, 17 points, but uh, five triples, shot the ball yeah. at, uh, at 50 odd percent. So there's a few players that uh, are unlucky to miss, but that team is full of killers, mate. I don't know who I'm taking out of it to, uh, to accommodate any of those guys. Uh, I like Enthusiac season. Uh, he's, he's really capped it off really well. He's had a fantastic season, sort of back to the first uh, round numbers that he can put up. Um, so, yeah, very nice team, that one. Well, there we go, mate. That um, that pretty much wraps up the podcast for tonight. Thank you for joining me, mate. You can go and watch uh, Bob Lazar now. I'll let you get back to it. <laughs> Thanks, my brother. Uh, good luck to all the teams playing finals out there. Just a quick reminder too, sorry, mate, before we go, season 10, Red Joe is open um it does tend to fill up pretty quick for our summer comp uh, so I've if you haven't done 50 so far so yeah so if you haven't signed up yet which i actually don't think i have which is probably a bit poor on my behalf but if you haven't signed up yet make sure you get on um you know we get people i've got a lot of people a lot of mates a lot of friends that sort of go oh that's super league it sounds like pretty, you know a bit of fun should i have a crack it's like yes you should uh you absolutely should so yeah, that's that's all from me, mate. Have a good night, and I will. Oh, I might see you on Monday. You coming down Monday? No, I'll be watching from home Monday. But uh, yes, I'm keen. Coward. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck. All good. Cheers, bro. See you soon.